Welcome to Financial Practice Made Perfect, presented by Independent Financial Brokers of Canada. I'm Kenny Ho. We continue our conversation today with Max Mahardy, Business Development Manager with Ontario Blue Cross. Now, Max, on the last episode, you said you consider most insurance advisors to be product pushers and have overlooked the importance of living benefits. And we know the Canadian government does not have resources. So why are Canadians still choosing to ignore this? I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess to sum it all up, I guess we are definitely competing with, um, uh, with after-tax dollars or even disposable income that uh, most uh, Canadians have or have less of at this point. And uh, I guess... Our natural tendency uh, is probably to satisfy our desires uh, instantly or immediately rather than uh, putting aside uh, some money putting, uh, for, for the future. I know in terms of um, investment advisors, I mean, they, uh, they certainly sit down with their clients and they uh, do probably a much, I wouldn't say a much better, but uh, they certainly plan out. Again, the the whole key to their whole planning process is um, again somebody's health. Uh, they're not taking into consideration where you know there could be some speed bumps along the way, where you I mean they whether it's uh, temporary, where there may be a temporary disability or there may be a temporary temporary uh, critical illness in place where they'll set back their retirement dollars, um, and uh, it. It definitely would uh, put a strain, uh, or if not, uh, I mean, I hate to say this, but we may be uh, looking at, and I don't want to be a doom and gloom type of person, where, I mean, uh, that the government doesn't have any money at all uh, to spend. And I'm, I'm actually kind of face that from a personal standpoint. I mean, um, I've been doing this, uh, I've been promoting living benefits for the last 21 years. And, um, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, when I look at these stats, a lot of times when I go to different presentations, oh, yeah, uh, it's going to happen. This one and two, it's going to happen to someone else. It's not going to happen to me or my family. Uh, But uh, very recently, uh, from my own personal case there, uh, about three years ago, my mom got dementia. And when I said to those stats earlier that one in two will have a disability at age 65 and over, in my personal mind, I thought, well, yeah, you know what, that would be some other family. I didn't equate the fact that one in two means that I've got two, both my parents are still alive, that one in two means that maybe one of them will have a disability, will have a long-term care uh, case. And uh, I guess to, unless somebody has experience going through what the government has to offer, what it doesn't offer, and again, maybe that's the other part to it as well too, that uh, a lot of us in the insurance industry are not educated uh, with actually what the government offers uh, and uh, or doesn't offer and where they lack uh, haven't gone through the system uh, recently, in the la- like I said, in the last two to three years. I certainly um, am the recipient, and with my mom uh, having to eventually go through to a nursing home and figuring out 
their finances. I mean, uh, they're basically, I mean, your typical uh, immigrant who who came to Canada, worked really hard, saved, and uh, average income, average neighborhood, and uh, what what's the safety net for them? Um, a lot of us, I mean, think that um, because we're mostly covered by OHIP uh, during the working years up to age 65, that same type of platform will be there uh, during their retirement years. And there are huge gaps. Um, I'll take for an example one case where uh, in the sense of nursing home, um, a lot of us would like to be, uh, I mean, uh, cared for at home. So uh, even the case where how much home care is provided by the government, um, the average is three and a half to four hours a week. And with my own personal case, my mom needed eight hours a day for two weeks. And then we basically weeded her out to about five hours a day uh, for the next 60 days. And so there's a huge gap. So where does that money fall? It falls on your own personal bank account. You're out of your own pocket. Uh, these are things that uh, a lot of us don't know. And, um, and in eventuality, again, going into the nursing home itself, I mean, um, if you had to, and that was a very tough decision uh, for myself and for my dad to place her there um, six months ago, um, it's not cheap. And a lot of, um, and again, a lot of Canadians, a lot of Ontarians, they believe, oh yeah, everything's covered for. Your semi-private and private rooms in a nursing home, there is no subsidy at all. And this is one point, and you're saying, okay, well, how much does that cost? Well, it costs 2200 to about $2,400 a month for the base coverage. And I challenge, I guess, you know, this is a tough talk, and, um, you know, luckily, I am in the industry, and luckily, I mean, my whole point was, you know, when I had my conversation with my parents eight, nine years ago uh, about long-term care coverage, um, they took some. Um, I mean, so, again, my whole point is, is hey, I mean, something is better than, than nothing here, and uh, it could be a small amount that, I mean, somebody takes out first of all, and then builds up on top, and unfortunately, I mean, uh, what my parents could afford was, you know, covered, I mean, about 65% of the cost. You know, when I do presentations with, you know, advisors, and there's two or three hundred uh, of them in the room, uh, we take a, a simple survey by asking, hey, I mean, what does the, uh, do you think that the government's going to cover you uh, less or more in the future? And the immediate reaction with, from most advisors here, a chuckle, here laughter is there. Uh, obviously, a lot of us are the same, are very cynical, thinking that uh, definitely the government uh, doesn't have the money and will obviously cover less and less um, care uh, in the future. And so that's very clear. And uh, so where, where do we go from here as, uh, as an industry um, where, I mean, we know this. And just to summarize, I just think that, hey, we, we need to start talking. Uh, we, start, we need to actively um, start promoting this because um, the government will not take care of us.
and into uh, in the future. Uh, it's definitely it's going to be left up to to us. It's going to be left up to the private sector. It's going to be left up to uh, our own. Like I said, uh, from my own personal experience, from our own bank account. How can we change this situation? Well, I think uh, very simply put, that uh, we as as an insurance industry uh, needs better training and providing solutions um, based on based on process. Uh, what I mean by that is that uh, we all know that um, you know we all have our uh, a lot of Canadians and uh, and Ontarians. They look at uh, us as being the expert. Uh, we need to do our fiduciary duty and really you know impress upon them. Uh, all the all the uh, all the gaps what I mentioned to you earlier and uh, we just again going reiterating and going back to your initial question is that uh, we really need to do a, a holistic planning um, and not just compartmentalize I mean there are many uh, there are products that are being developed out there uh, that can um, almost kill two birds with one stone. Uh, so there's less and less of excuses uh, out there, uh, out for the um, clients and for the advisors. I mean, uh, I know that we basically, uh, well, not we, but uh, advisors, I guess the number one complaint is, is medical underwriting. Well, some of these living benefits, some of these long-term care types of coverages, uh, they're very tough to... Um, uh, to to get, they're very tough in the underwriting process, and and uh, their comment is absolutely dead on. I mean, uh, if you leave it uh, to age 65 or, or longer, uh, you're faced with uh, two main things: it's it's expensive, and uh, for most most insu- uh, most insured are not going to be able to get it. In fact, about 75 percent of the people will probably not be able to get accepted medically uh, based on their history. So what, uh, So there are, so the earlier this conversation starts, when I say somebody in their working years, in their 20s, their 30s, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, I mean, uh, like I said, there are uh, newer and newer products that are being developed that can basically address the limited budget that Canadians have, um, and um, there are also, you know, simplified issue products out there in the market uh, for those. Uh, again, my whole uh, concept is, you know, something is better than nothing, and um, you know, we just need to be better trained, uh, and this, and I guess uh, the awareness. Well, I think the awareness is out there, uh, but. I guess more in-depth training, and um, I'm hoping that other companies uh, like us uh, will will continue that training, even though it may not be one of those um, products that are going to be flying off the shelf, and uh, that most uh, company reps, uh, most companies will uh, promote this as uh, what we see, uh, not just. Um, you know, something that's going to be possible for the insurance company, but it will be uh, certainly uh, a true coverage for the uh, insured. And so, again, in summary, we believe that, uh, you know, living benefits for most advisors, uh, 
uh, you know, we have the biggest opportunity here, and uh, it just starts with uh, a conversation. It talks to training, and I encourage uh, advisors that are not comfortable dealing with this to get comfortable and uh, to reach out to people such as myself and uh, other and my peers uh, on this topic. And that's all the time we have for today. My thanks to Max Mahardy, Business Development Manager with the Blue Cross, for sharing his insights with our listeners. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Financial Practice Made Perfect. If you've missed any of our past episodes, they are available for you on our website at ifbc.ca. Or, of course, you can subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. I'm Kenny Ho. Thank you for listening.